And the Oscar goes to... Picture podcast where we explore underrated or off the wall movies we think are totally blessed. I'm your host Shelby Morning. I'm your other host Sky Payne. And uh, this week we are uh, talking about a movie in which Patrick Swayze, John Leguizamo, and Wesley Snipes make believable drag queens. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. And I iconic. I'm thrilled to have on the pod today someone with whom I once reenacted the entirety of America's Next Top Model You're All Going to London scene on our (laughs) friend's porch at 2 a.m. on St. Patty's Day, Jacob Gorski. Hi, everybody. It's wonderful to be here. It's so wonderful to be here. Um, I just want to say for the record, we did a lot of um, reenactments and pantomimes, if you will. Um, But more than anything, I'm just glad to be here with you girls. I'm so happy to have you. I, I have to tell you, I think about that specific scene though a lot. Like, oh, um, the, the drama. other part, the other part of the story is that our friends whose Porsche it was tweeted, I think somebody's trying to break into my house. <laughs> and it was us being Tyra. And you just, and I could just imagine hearing out the window, you're all going to London. Yeah. Wow. And then like tears sobbing because she traumatized those poor girls with the threat of elimination Uh, (laughs) illegal that's history that's history that added that added years to my lifespan so i thank you sky yeah you're welcome (laughs) only way it could have been better is if it were about the um the uh what was it like energy drink uh Oh. energy bar debate yes. debacle between Brie and uh, Nicole. I forgot about that, but yes. And then it was like, the, and then there was like, I, I remember Googling this after the fact, like several years later being like, who took the, 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 the whatever the yeah. fuck they're called. Granola. <laughs> granola bar. I couldn't think of poor granola. <laughs> and it was like two things that I read. It was either that Kim ate them or it was Lisa ate them and then like left. It was like she got eliminated and she'd eaten them and then was like gone. So she wasn't involved in any of it. I don't know what the truth is, but I that image is very funny. To what a personally. time in reality television. Yeah, the peak. Um before we get too into things, let's do blessed movie of the week. Shelby, would you like to go first? Um, I have not watched many movies um recently except for the ones that are required for the podcast and um i i'm gonna say uh i watched starship troopers <laughs> paul verhoeven welcome back to the pod um i you know i i listened to the blank check episode first because i hadn't gone okay. through the verhoeven series so i was like oh this is intriguing because i did watch robocop semi-recently as well which i enjoyed robert cop Robert Cobb. And of course I enjoyed Showgirls. Like, obviously we did it for the pod. Most iconic. I didn't know Robocop was Van Hoeven. Yeah, Van dude. You Robert Cobb. Yeah. Robert Cobb, baby. Kopp. The range. Um, it's it's unbelievable. And, um, but no, Stars of Troopers is actually like a really great satire on fascism and also really gory and disgusting. And 
has a lot of really attractive people um, who can't act very well. And you know what? That's that's all you can ask for. Also, Rue McClanahan is there. Um, and so is Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. No way. That's amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Rue McClanahan oh is like God. only there for a brief second. She is like their biology teacher or something. And they're like fully like gutting open these like these like bugs or something. Denise <laughs> Richards like fully throws up in her mouth. And like Rue McClanahan is just delivering this monologue about like bugs while she has like an eye patch and like a, a concerning scar on her face it's great i that I'll alone iconic worth the price of admission i mean and the effects are like unbelievable and it's just peak Verhoeven. so and he's got a new movie coming out semi soon so True. about lesbian nuns so yeah expect <laughs> no subtlety see. from that one <laughs> yeah we um, shall see how that pans out <laughs> my <laughs> Blessed movie of the week. So I, I put on this movie because people were like posting about it on Letterboxd. And I was like, oh, I'll just throw this on while I edit the podcast. And then I had to stop editing the podcast because I got so invested in this film. It is The Mitchells versus The Machines, the new oh. animated film on Netflix. Yes. Loved it. I loved it. Ooh, I've been meaning to. That's number one on my list. It's, it's great. So good. It is just like very wholesome. I love like an end of the world apocalypse movie. There's a giant evil Furby. That's the really Furbies iconic. are the fucking best. Yeah, it's really incredible. Iconic. What did they did they say something about a blood harvest at one point? <laughs> like, unbelievable. The Furbies stuff. are doing a blood harvest, and everyone in the cast is amazing. Olivia Coleman, iconic. Maya Rudolph, yes. perfect. Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson. It is stacked. I loved it so much. Highly it's recommend. So good. I mean. Lord and Miller aren't the directors that they like produce and they're, yeah. you know, involved and their stuff their is always incredible. Fingers are all over it. You can tell. They're, I mean, they're single-handedly like helping to save American animation <laughs> at 100%. this point and keeping it, you know, different from just what Disney's doing. You know, Disney, like, no, nothing we against Disney, them. But like, but the animation style of this movie is fucking it's, great. it's beautiful. And it's like a love letter to obviously families but also to movies, which is yeah. so great and so fun. So I loved it. It's excellent. Um, Jacob, do you have a blessed movie of the week you'd like to share? I do. Um, so I was uh, very happy this week to revisit The Craft. This is one of my favorite movies from me being a angsty gay teenager who spent a good amount of time in Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I don't know what to say about it, man. The outfits, the attitudes, the facials, the just just you getting with your girls and doing some chanting. Yeah. Calling the corners, nature, <laughs> being in high school. Okay, and why I watch this is because I watched the Craft colon legacy. Oh, yeah. T-Rash. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've never even heard of this. It's, it's directed by Zoe Lister-Jones. And like just the trailers alone, the effects were like very questionable. It didn't look very, like it looked very cheap. Yes. Just not, you know, didn't look good at all. I don't like that. <laughs> Tell you the truth. And there were people being like, oh, I think it'll be good. I'll just be a little bit different. And I'm like, no, this does not look good. And I, listen, I, I, I'm very much on the wave of like, if we're gonna readapt like things that have already been done once and good, don't do it. Take something that was done badly the first time and do that so instead. True. Because 
there's so many missed opportunities with stuff like that. Whereas like when you have a classic or something that's beloved, why would you change anything about it? Why would you do something different unless there's like room for improvement, you know? Yes. And the craft is all about Nancy, who is yep. the miss thing with the choker yes. and the pale and skin and the makeup and the hairs. And she, in the craft colon legacy, there was none of that. In the craft, the girls were cool and didn't know they were cool. In this movie, they were cool and they were like TikTok cool. And like, yeah, oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh no. And I'm like, <laughs> you need to go to a hot topic and think. <laughs> think for your crime. What have you done in your crimes? <laughs> you need to go to. But that's what I, I would also like to take this time to say that it is Eurovision week. That oh, is not a yeah, film. Yeah. But yeah. shout out. I have it has given me utmost joy <laughs> you were the person that introduced me to eurovision jacob way back in literally 2011 <laughs> a literal <laughs> decade ago a literal decade ago you oh my introduced god me yeah to eurovision. time wow time it works Fake. it goes places i literally have watched eurovision live once and it was the year that euphoria won i mm. remember that and that's a fucking good ass song it's so good oh we know Oh yeah, but the best. Me and Sky went to church a couple times listening to that track. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're it, it's pride. <laughs> That's what's yeah. happening here. It's pride. Um, it's and yeah, it's we're June, here. baby. And so instead of selling you a shirt that says ally on it with like rainbows, like Target's doing, I don't know what the fuck that's about. <laughs> but we are going to instead talk about movies that are great and also gay. <laughs> And Tuong Fu. I mean, we're kicking it off with Tuong Fu. I love this movie. I saw. Iconic piece I, of I don't remember the first time I saw it. I think my mother made me watch it as a. That, that tracks. I mean, because um, she made you watch Showgirls. Yeah, like it makes sense. Um, and then a couple, like three years ago, um, the theater, the movie theater here in Salt Lake, like replayed it, and I made a straight man take me on a date to see this in theater. Wow. And it That's was incredible. That's a litmus test. Yeah, and he loved it. He had a great time. That's he was like, good. this is amazing. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's really good. I mean, <laughs> all things considered. It's a great Could movie. And seeing it in theaters was amazing. I, I, was like, I believe it. I love re-releases. Mm-hmm. Let's re-release some more. Yeah. My my journey with this movie is interesting because I didn't watch it until probably a few years ago. I, I remember correctly, I probably logged it in like 20 17 2018 on letterboxd um i don't think i've watched in 2019 uh, who knows i could be completely wrong um but when i first watched it i was like this is fun but my initial sort of like reason for watching it is because i had gotten into drag race and they referenced it a lot and i'd heard yeah. about it a lot and i was like okay this is like a big cornerstone cor- bleh, i can't talk cornerstone kind of a movie i need to like get out of the way And like, I liked it. I thought it was fun, but my biggest issues with it at the time were like, I think I was just worried about like someone getting harmed. I think that was like part of the problem. I was like, someone's going to get hurt at some point. Like, I don't like this. And then also like, once it gets to the town, I was kind of like, well, this doesn't really go anywhere. But then on rewatch, I fully was able to like, just enjoy it. I enjoyed it so much more to the fact, like to the point that it like went up a star in my rating, like entirely, not a half star, an entire star in my rating. And I was like, okay, I was just able to like, sit back and appreciate it for what it was and like not feel worried at all and just like enjoy the performances and like 
I think it was this time around, I fully was like, yeah, like there's like these three really like masculine Hollywood guys are yeah. giving very honest and very empathetic performances and they're yes. not like making a mockery of it. I was yeah. like, this is like wild. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is. Jacob, what, how did you first see this movie? What's your relationship with Oof. that? So if you guys can recall a, a day in which there was no Netflix, but you could receive the Netflix DVDs yes. in the mail. I had the blockbuster video version. So we you could too. Take, and you could take the DVD and bring it to your local blockbuster and get a free rental. That was the jam. But as a young gay, I was ordering a lot of um, LGBTQIA plus films um, <laughs> that were mailed to me and I was watching them in my family's den um very scared but um that was my first um interaction with this movie is me watching this uh, receiving it in the mail from blockbuster video mailing wow DVD. i really love that <laughs> incredible so iconic that's like sky being like yeah watch the descendants too and, and we had macaroni grill like it's like yes. a, a perfect little detail just a little sprinkle on top <laughs> and we had macaroni grill <laughs> but anyways at any um I, what I love about Tuong Fu is that I feel like it subverts a lot of like stereotypes of gay movies and it does it in 1995, which I think is pretty impressive that like, uh, yeah, nothing terrible <laughs> happens to these people. Yeah. Like it's just a happy movie. And I feel like that's so hard to find something that's actually like heartwarming and good that isn't like based, like there's obviously traumatic moments, but it's not mm -hmm. like the whole thing is not like yeah. horrific to watch. That yep. was like my big thing too, like on rewatch, it was like, yeah, like there's like kind of a threat looming at different points, but it's not like the entire focus of the movie. Like there's points where like, like when they're at the hotel and Chi Chi's like running and they're like, no, like get back in the car. What are you doing? Because they're like worried about her, like being clogged and like people coming after them. There's also the moment, obviously, with the, with the cop initially where uh, Vita Bohem is like, my driver's license says Eugene, and obviously, like, they're in yeah. drag, so that creates a problem. Um, but, like, outside of that, and then the obvious, like, threat of, like, the cop and Virgil, whatever, teaming up or whatever, for the most part, it's just, like, this, like, little fantasy, you know? There's yeah. there's no real threat. It's It's you just get to watch them make over a town, become friends with people, like help bring this community together, see them bond. And it's like really nice. It just feels like a little fantasy film in a way, like a little fairy tale. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And I mean, yeah. for, as, as like, obviously in the nineties, like RuPaul was very much a public figure, you know, oh, divine yeah. obviously was, you know, well-known at this point, things like that. And like drag obviously was much more accepted than previously, but it wasn't like it is now where it's like drag right. race is pumping out a fucking season every five minutes. Yeah, There's totally. like international versions for it's every country everywhere. at this point. It's like not to that level, but to like, to know that it's kind of like as like progressive and kind of like politically correct as it can be at a time like that kind of wild, like to the point where the reviews were like, it's like too politically correct, like that it's boring. Yeah. And there Which is, is wild to me. There was an well, that's interview. 1995, 96, yeah. politically correct. Yes. Like, I almost, I, I, I could argue that the only time this movie could be made is 1995. Yeah, 
it is like it is really stuck in time and I um was reading an interview with like the pride LA and like the quote was like the inspiration for Chuang Fu came to writer Douglas Carter Bean in the form of an anti-gay propaganda movie called the gay agenda it was a born-again Christian film and they showed sections of it on television and there was a line in it where they had these drag queens at a pride parade asking do you want these drag queens in your town America and I thought to myself, yes, you need these queens. Someone needs to get yeah. in there and just shake you up, baby. Show you a little color, dance life, and a little love. And that is like the most like 1995 sentence, like an anti-gay propaganda, propaganda film <laughs> leads to not only yes. Not only are they in your theater, but now... Uh, three of them will travel to your little town for an HBO show. Like that's that's the point that we're at. We're here. Um, you know, like I'm I'm just gonna say it. If I were in one of those towns and Bob the, the drag queen and Shangela showed up, I'd be very excited. Eureka, Same. no comment. <laughs> comment, no comment. Guys, I just wanna I just wanna bring up one thing from the IMDB page, which offended me greatly. Um Gary Oldman claims he was originally offered one of the lead drag roles, but decided he did not want to do another part that required extensive makeup after his experiences on Dracula. So then why the would we cursed with the darkest hour, Gary? Yeah, really. The lies. Hello? He said enough time had passed. Not only that, half the shit he does has like some sort of transformative aspect to it, except for Mank, where they're like, this version of Mank? That's the only version of Mank you're getting. We'll just say he's 10 years younger. I hate it. Shelby, if you could read the list of people oh boy. who were ca- uh, almost cast in this movie, because I think the reason why this movie works so well is that the three lead actors are fucking incredible. Yes, exactly. Do amazing work. Um, fully committed. And like read fully list. reading this list, there's not one person I'm like, yes, this person could do it. I fully am not convinced like any one of these people would have been right. No. Um, especially not Gary Oldman. Um, so the list includes Robert Downey Jr., William Baldwin, Gary Oldman, Matthew Broderick, James Spader, John Cusack, Mel Gibson, Robert Sean Leonard, Willem Dafoe. Although I would like to see that. I, I would like curiosity. to see that. We do stand. Only one. John Turturro, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise. He does not have the fucking range. He wishes. Uh, Viggo Mortensen and Robin Williams, who obviously is in this movie very briefly and like showed Steven Spielberg the script and like read it to him on a plane. Yeah. Steven Spielberg was like, like, this is fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) That is so powerful. Okay. I'm so glad I know that tidbit. Also, that that list is literally any male actor. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Everybody. I'm shocked they didn't be like, hey, Robert De Niro, want to come to (laughs) Robert? Like, you know, as BWM. And he just goes, <laughs> that was Cher. I'm sorry. It was great though. I just made a noise. <laughs> oh no more Al Pacino for me. It's 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 very uh, like when when Chad Michaels a uh, drag race season four was like, I do share, but I don't do any, I don't do huh, like I don't do that. Like you'll never see me do that. Cher doesn't do that. Like that's what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Incredible. it's and and this was pre-birdcage as well yes which robin williams does get right so maybe i sh- i'll step back a little bit maybe robin williams could have done it but his performance in this movie is a little over the top a little crazy a little cartoony 
in like peak Robin Williams kind of like he's doing far too much for a movie where like Wesley Snipes plays basketball and drag for five seconds. Like it's like the basketball so much. Okay, I I, I did take a little bit of notes because a professional Robin Williams, the physical manifestation of cocaine. Yeah, like if cocaine was a person. That's yeah. what the person was. Yeah, hundred percent, all over the place. They yeah. can't stick to like he just said he's just doing the voice he does for one of his like Happy Feet characters. Like that's like what he's doing. <laughs> and that's like the whole thing. But I'm like his character's name is John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. So I'm like, yeah. why are you kind of this doing movie, like this movie? Is camp. Camp. Very typical Hispanic it. accent. It was and very like, strange. What a fucking year for camp because Showgirls also yeah, came yeah. out this year. Yep. What a year! Incredible. Why were we um, yeah. so more accepting of that in 1985? And like, you know, this did well at the box office. The thing about camp, no, <laughs> no, I just, I feel <laughs> like the thing, camp. the thing now is that like we, they don't necessarily make movies like this very often so anyway, true. but like, I feel like now a lot of camp resides in like, I don't know, a Fast and Furious movie, like unintentionally kind of like unintentional. It's just not in the place that you would expect it. It's it's John Wick being like, yeah, we're parroting action movies by being an awesome action movie. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. It's not traditionally just like what we think of as camp. So I think that's kind of where it went. It just doesn't you know, we don't have like showgirls or like this kind of a movie coming out now, really. And if it does, it's on Netflix and nobody watches it. (laughs) Yeah, or they talk about it for five seconds and then it's forgotten. And also, I want to mention because like there's always like comparisons to this and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Mm -hmm. but this was already in production before Priscilla, Queen of the Desert had been released. I didn't know that. Wow. So I still have to watch that. I'm not gonna lie. I've never seen the movie. That's a good one. That is. I've seen the musical, which there is a musical in development of to wong fu okay every movie we've done you at this point is now a musical hello i was going to say though doesn't this the movie itself felt almost like a stage play yeah they got to the town and the town there was a set right and you had to like yes yeah um i don't know how else to flesh that idea out but it felt like a stage play and i was watching it producing the musical in my head as i was watching Mm -hmm. yeah it, it lends itself very well. I think it's because like the scenes are so like the cuts of the scenes are very like play-esque, like they're yeah. clean cut. Like it's like, we're here and then we're here. There's not a lot of intercutting. So yeah. in your head, it reads more like a play. A hundred percent. And like the fact that it was conceived originally as a stage play, I think helps that case. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, and I'm, then, smart. Like, they uh, it. I'm smart. <laughs> He retained the rights um, to it as like a stage play or musical when he like sold the screenplay. So, and and like the last time it was like confirmed to be in production was 2017. I don't know if there's any more information yeah. out there, but it would be a great one. I mean, like the like like minimal sets, pretty straightforward, and like yeah. the drag productions at the beginning and the end would make really compelling like. Yep. set pieces totally. so i mean it's yeah. totally not drag a question. queen of america contest did that inspire drag race oh 100 
down to the fact that they're like, actually the prize for winning the New York one is that you just get to fly to LA and compete in the LA one because on Drag Race UK, since it's on BBC, their prize is that they get to fly to LA to record a World of Wonder show um, for YouTube um, because they can't give out monetary prizes um, (laughs) or any kind of prize on BBC. (laughs) Makes me laugh. They're like, "Here's your prize. You get to record a YouTube video." (laughs) But although it's it's slightly better than Holland, where they're like, "Here's this chintzy ass Clay Iverson gown. Here's a prom gown." And they're like, (laughs) "Yes, I won the prom gown." Um, I I think. What if it doesn't fit? Like what? (laughs) Like what are you gonna do? Is it made to my, is this dress from Deb made to my proportions? And they, just, they roll out the mannequin every episode. It's every single time. And they have to act excited every single week. And it's like, no, this is not worth it. I I, I appreciate it deeply though. If, if they can it, work it's up It's very funny. Yeah. Um, I love Drag Race Holland, but yeah. I digress. So as far as like this being a stage play, I do think that like this movie cannot be remade as a movie ever I think like this was a moment in time and the only way it's going to be there is if it's a musical and I do love also that they like reference other plays like the three sisters Chekhov reference just like yeah I love it he says three sisters very Chekhov very chic that's like the exact line (laughs) Very chic. Check off. But of course, chic. he delivers it in a much more possibly offensive way because he's doing like a, <laughs> like a stereotypical kind of like Hispanic accent, even though it's Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin <sighs> Williams is doing something in this movie. And a I'm lot not sure of questions, what. and then he's gone, never to be heard from ever again. He's not even credited. He's completely uncredited in the movie too, <laughs> which is in that's insane. Um, yeah. I also, I just want to briefly talk about Beban Kidron, who directed the movie. Yes. Um, she has a very interesting career. Um, I mean, first of all, she's her like, the thing that really like was her breakout was a TV adaptation of the book, Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit, won a ton of Baptist. Shut up. Yeah, she, um, it was like huge. Like that's, it's like one of those like shows where it's like in UK, it's like the top, drama series of all time you know what I mean like it's one of those you know so she's she did that she also did several documentaries tv movie adaptations um and then also Bridget Jones the edge of reason and she also (laughs) Jacob made me watch Bridget Jones for the first time too really Uh, hey (laughs) Jacob I'm a a sucker for Bridget Jones Jacob introduced me to a lot of things in my life I've not seen it all the way through I only remember the part where she's in prison Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) She's in prison at one point. She's at the edge of reason, babe. At the edge of reason. Yeah. I can't can't um, get into that. But she also directed this. This is very important to me. She directed this movie called Hippie Hippie Shake, which if you're like me and you love the Wikipedia page for notable unfinished or shelved movie projects, this is the one for you. This movie was like basically completed in 2010 and it starred Killian Murphy and Sienna Miller and she left welcome back to the pod Sienna Miller welcome back to to the pod Sienna Miller I could not recognize her if I saw her on the street um (laughs) she but so she directed this entire movie gets to post-production 
And she ends up leaving due to creative differences. And then I don't know what else happened, but then it gets shelved. It has not come out. I don't think it'll ever come out. We will never see this movie. I desperately want it to be re- like released. I want somebody to like go into the archives and get it and out. just put yeah. it on like YouTube under yeah. like, you know, some random title and then somebody discovers yeah. it someday. Like, like how the teens would- put like random things under the musical bootlegs now that they call slime tutorials. It's all random. Yeah, very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about it a lot. Um, and the fact that she directed it is very funny to me. Um, but also, uh, Steven Spielberg was sent Steven Spielberg, Robin- an ally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like Robin Williams read it to him on a plane and he was like, wow, this is incredible. Robin Williams, you're really selling me. But at the time she was pregnant, um, when filming. And so like, he basically was like, okay, here's the deal. If you have to leave because you've given birth while filming, I will finish directing the rest of it for you, which I'm kind of thankful that did not happen because I yeah. cannot imagine him doing this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm already it's like- It's insane to think about like- wh- Wild. Especially but like, she- it wouldn't be like his movie completely. Like it would be so tonally different from the two of them. It would be very Ron Howard coming in to do solo, but like if they had left the Lord Miller half- and then like just did like the half of it Ron Howard style. Oh. It would be very that. But apparently she gave birth on the last day of filming. Literally oh, the that. last day of filming. And her son is credited as best baby in the credits That's of the movie, so which is very fun. And really I love that for her. His name is um, Noah. Cute. Noah Kidron style. Good for Welcome him. the stage, Noah Kidron style. <laughs> the three the three lead performances in this movie are just so fucking good and compelling and like i i was never really like a patrick swayze person until like later in life like i didn't watch Mm -hmm. dirty dancing until like 2016 i didn't watch ghost until last year yeah we talked about it (laughs) yeah and i'm like god damn he was fucking good like yeah was great i loved it amazing they all were wesley snipes is fucking perfect like everyone is perfect. incredible wesley snipes (laughs) like i I want to give him an oscar for the playing basketball scene him play that i forgot that happened i literally texted you i was like i completely forgot about wesley snipes playing basketball in this movie for five seconds and i fully laughed out loud and rewound it three times because it was so funny (laughs) again in, in the plot of the film we're meant to believe that wesley snipes character travels with that basketball drag (laughs) <laughs> just whenever they need yes. a hoop they have it in the purse they have it in the prepared bag. prepared always it's like mary poppins purse it's just, they yeah. just constantly have like fabric <laughs> yes and outfits hiding in there <laughs> which is incredible and you know and it's just so funny because like i said like these are just like three very masculine guys um who are you know pretty much like peak of their careers for the most part i mean john like yeah. kind of has always consistently worked and you know whatever but like wesley snipes and patrick swayze in particular are like sex symbols like yeah they're like huge names very like, a, like very box men. office like i can't think of the word they they bring in their box office draws they're stars like they yeah. are full-on stars they're not just actors and you know 
it's unbelievable to think not only that that John Leguizamo and Wesley Snipes both immediately were like yes they said yes no hesitation yeah. Patrick Swayze came in much later in the audition process obviously after and four like, billion other people for this role he tried hard and you know good for him yeah he like gave a whole monologue about how apparently like he was bullied um for yeah. doing ballet as a child which was very interesting to me and then not only that like he basically was like i i can do this i you know you need to pick me and he like had people do his makeup and then he walked with even kidron in new york city like fully in drag and was like i'm gonna like people are gonna think i'm a woman like he was that confident and apparently his walk was the thing that like really sold it to her and she was like he had it it was like his attitude was perfect that walk was everything and he got the job and i mean truly for me like obviously like wesley snipes and john like was are both really great but he like his performance is just like the thing that this entire movie hangs on and he is so fucking good and he like embodies that like sort of i don't want to say elder because that's not maybe necessarily the right virgo moon having a breakdown (laughs) yeah like sort of like this like older member of the community who's been around and like knows a thing or two but is very polished very put together a professional like well-respected in the community kind of like a very chad michaels kind of a vibe right yeah very poised you know not a hair out of place um and he embodies that so incredibly well and mary poppins vibe yeah 100 percent. that's like very much the vibe it it feeds into that like it's a fantasy kind of fairy tale thing that's happening here too um but he does it very well very poised doesn't feel like he's making a mockery of anybody and then like wesley snipes is like like the fashion it's kind of like the fashion girl like the modern fashion girl you know they're both kind of pageant is like she's like a little sardonic she's yeah she'll tell you like it is and I she also is inspired by old Hollywood. She cannot be bothered. Cannot no. be bothered unless you are a functionally mute older adult who loves old Hollywood films. Then Dorothy you can't be bothered. You know what? It's a mood. <laughs> it's incredible. And <laughs> John Leguizamo is Patrick very much. Easy. I yeah. felt, okay. <sighs> I am constantly blown away every time I watch this film by how kind they are to their characters and all that Mm -hmm. but I am going to need a signed affidavit from those three actors letting me know that they are categorically not homophobic I might see the evidence on screen that they are not but I still require (laughs) some sort of notarized document some sort of um some sort of proof because there's John Leguizamo does have a few quotes about how he uh I have one it was a powerful thing I get lots of fan mail from LGBTQ teens telling me how my character helped them come out to their parents they didn't feel like they were seen so that was a beautiful gift from the movie and he says that if it uh was remade he would want a transgender Latina in the role so I think you know that's okay that's amazing to hear and it does bring up a question that I have about the three protagonists of this film. Yeah. So they're they're all drag queens. Yes. Yeah. I got the feeling that John Leguizamo's character was a trans woman who does drag. Yes. But gave me they, gave they me very Venus extravaganza in Paris is Burning. That was like kind yeah. of the vibe yes. I was getting a little bit for sure. Yes. And they kept on doing the little Latin boy and drag bit. Yeah. But then I wondered, Vita Boem and Noxima, are they 
uh, drag queens? Are they cis men who get up in drag? Are they transgender women as well? Because why the hell else are you driving across the country in a convertible? <laughs> I think I wonder that too. And I think what it is, it's, I think it's a twofold kind of a thing. Um, first of all, they need you to understand. Yes. We have Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes and John Leguizamo in this movie. But like, I think the thing is that they wanted to separate you from those off-screen personas as much as possible to Uh. allow you to just see them as different people. Because I think sometimes, you know, when it comes to like drag, it's like, like, I think it could just be hard for people to separate these gigantic, you know, celebrities from the characters they're playing. You know, it's not necessarily like that they're not good actors. It's just like, I think it's just such a huge change. When it's you're such a your big name, it's like hard to separate the like actor from like- Yeah, so I think that's part of it. And two, it, it's also very much a function of the story. It's yeah, a thing exactly. of like, they realize very early, like they like to be fabulous. That's what they like to do. I think it feeds into like the, the kind of fairy tale aspect of it, the transformative thing of it. But it's also very much a function of the story because if they're not in drag for a large portion of it, then that defeats the whole fact that they like pass as like cis women in these like at the hotel um in the town because like everybody fully is like like when the cop comes to the other cops and is like yeah i got beat up by a drag queen or whatever like um or it was a man right and they're like you got beat up by a woman because no they haven't seen any drag queens around town they have no reason to believe that there are any drag queens around town and like Nobody else pretty much, you know, says anything to them. They don't experience any prejudice because of being drag queens. They experience prejudice just because of they pass as being women. Like that's the whole thing. Um, and so I think that's solely the reason why they're in drag for so much of it is it's the off-screen persona thing and the fact that like you kind of need it for the story to function the way that they wanted it to function. It also could be a, a fundamental mi- misunderstanding of, of track as well, but I don't think that's I it. also think <laughs> so, uh, like Patrick Swayze's like drag mentor who also did the choreography for this movie is transgender. So I think that also might mm-hmm. play into it. Who is it? Also, Kenny Ortega Candace did some Kane. choreography on this. Candace Kane. Yeah. Shout out I mean, to Candace Kane. An icon, okay. legend. True icon. Love her. The one. The also, one. also, she plays a pageant contestant. Yes. Uh, there, there are several iconic chock full. people. Chock full. It's- Coco Peru. Coco yeah. Peru fully has like a line. She's a I said They gave her a line. They gave her a line. She, she was booked and busy. When she crushed that cup and went, Ugh! drama. S- scene stealer. I love that. She needs some tension tamer tea. That's what she needs. <laughs> She needs attention to that video. Those videos fully just like I rewatch them every once in a while and I yep. they bring me such joy. Nothing better than her like complaining about Costco <laughs> tattooed on my heart. <laughs> but also, the uh, so RuPaul obviously is in this movie. Joey Arias, Lady Bunny, Misunderstood, Coco Peru, Head of Lettuce. You can tell at the end is Head of Lettuce because she's wearing all green. Clarissa <laughs> Green, Candace Kane, Flotilla DeBarge, um, and Quentin Crisp. Those were at least a few of like the notable names. You could probably find the rest on IMDb. Um, but yeah, like real drag performers in yeah. this movie in the beginning, you just like, and, and it's such a vibrant. The opening scene. of this yes. movie. Full, it's just so, like, should we? I, I mean, should we dancing. get? Should we get into it? Should we get? Yeah, into we the could just like slowly get into it. Yeah, I'll just dip our toes um, in a little the bit. The opening scene. I am like obsessed with I'm obsessed with Wesley Snipes putting on the lashes I'm obsessed with every 
every performance, every costume, the lighting, the it's all just like you immediately are like, this is so fun to watch. And I can't wait for the journey that this takes me on. It, incredible. I mean, from the fact that like the first thing you see is, is Patrick Swayze, like walking up to the mirror to get ready for drag and being like, ready or not, here comes mama hit the boom bugs. He knows he's pretty. It's incredible. The music the in this soundtrack movie is, is giving the sand. It's so good. The movie starts here. Yeah. My gay little antennas go up and my serotonin <laughs> is through the roof. Yeah. And the Wonder so Woman sequence, sound. which is a fantasy oh. sequence. Incredible. Yes. yes. Also incredible. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Uh, just like throwing is, fabric at the wall. The yeah. soundtrack is so 90s in like a way that like I just like want to live in it forever. Like this is like yes. the peak 90s movie soundtrack. The bodyguard never. The bodyguard. <laughs> Whitney. Whitney sit down because the, the greatest the, love of all actually is the two Wong Fu soundtrack. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, like the whole thing is like, I mean, this is the only time we see them out of drag except for Swayze has a moment near the end where like the wig gets snatched off very similar yeah. to a video. I once watched a Pearl from season seven of drag race performing very drunk at a, at a club. And she like went to slide down the wall or something and her wig oh. got caught on like a hook on the wall. Oh man. It's can't... very funny. And she like, she's just like just on the wall, just kind of like slithering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very funny video if you could find it. Um, but yeah, no, like, so that's the only time we see them pretty much out of drag for the most part. Um, and it we just get full into like the fantasy of it. I also wonder partially if it's because it would be a harder sell if they were like in and out for some people. Yeah. Is this mo- this movie came out top of the box office four million dollars, yeah. which is very wow. shocking. Like so oh. impressive. I I almost wonder if it's just easier for people like who are like not used to drag, at least just not on that kind of a basis. Yeah, to just like for them to be in drag the whole time, it's like okay. It's, it's not I know who these characters are. Between. Yeah, is it like too confusing for the layman's audience to like have characters in and out of drag? Because are, are they going to be able to recognize them? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, as I said, my grandmother did not recognize RuPaul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a fair question. <laughs> like it's it's possible. <laughs> yeah, and plus, it's like yeah, you get them in the beginning because they're the reason why this movie gets made, right? Like you need the A-list yeah. stars to be attached, but then it's like, okay, they've served their purpose. They're in the movie. Okay. We don't need to see them anymore. Like as they are normally. So yeah. I think it works. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so they're competing in New York city's drag queen of the year contest with the prize being a trip to Hollywood to take part in a world of wonder. No, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and a even bigger Miss Drag Queen of America pageant. We also meet Chichi Rodriguez, who is John Leguizamo's character. Just who crying. Is also competing. Yes. And she comes running in with like like the wig head with the wig on and not the wig on. You know what I mean? Like just like <laughs> running past people in New York City. Just like, yeah, just doing far too much on stage, everything like peak, like novice drag queen, very like Shangela in season two of Drag Race kind of a vibe. Like, really thinks she's everything, <laughs> has a yeah. lot to learn, kind of a vibe. Yes. Um, and at this point, we see uh, Miss Rachel Tensions, played by RuPaul, wearing a Confederate flag dress, very iconic imagery. It uh, is, which I don't, I don't think I realized it was from this movie for a very long time. Yeah. Until I actually 
watched it. It's wild. A wild outfit. I mean, and and that was like RuPaul being subversive. Like that is like the thing that Ru- like, and I understand. And now it's like a. And now we're with the fracking. Yeah, <laughs> very weird. It's <laughs> yeah, not, not the fracking. The fracking and like fracking. Yeah, and like palling around with like Nancy Pelosi. Like I don't like on the show. Oh God. <laughs> oh, when RuPaul, the image of RuPaul helping Nancy Pelosi down the damn stairs into the workroom, girl. <laughs> oh. No, it's, it's just cursed. wild, but it's, it's almost as cursed as the Confederate flag. But no, like, like a I black queen wearing the Confederate flag dress is very much like this yeah. really incredible, like subversive piece of yes. imagery. And like, people always go on all the time about like, drag supposed to be subversive. We can't be, I'm like, you have to understand there's a difference between being subversive and like just punching down and being an asshole. Yeah. And I think like, you need to reconsider that. Like, I think that's the thing. And not only that, like people have a right to be like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Like this, this yeah. offends. This isn't funny. Plus, not only that, it's the classic thing of like, okay, well, if you're gonna try to be offensive, could you deliver it in a way that at least reads as funny? Because most of the time, when people are being offensive, they're just being offensive. There's no sort of like, like yes. actual funny content to it. You know what I mean? Naxima and Vita Bohem end up tying, um, very similar to <laughs> Monet and Trinity and all sorts. For I wonder if RuPaul time- got the idea. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I think that RuPaul got most of the ideas for Drag Race from this movie. Well, it's a combination of like the end of this, like or the beginning of this movie, America's uh, not America's Next Step Model, and like Project Runway. That's like kind of like the main focus. But like definitely the way that it's framed at the end, like the crowning is very much I think what inspires the live crownings that they do. Sure. They're like, they're like they're taped. I think that's definitely the vibe. And obviously pageants in general um, are very much a part of drag culture, but the scene feels very like a precursor to drag race for sure. Also looks like it could have been filmed five days before season one, because that's how bad the Vaseline filter is on that fucking thing. Astounding. Incredible. And an artifact. Yes. Who thought that was a good idea, but I, it wasn't. They were like, you can't tell how crunchy this looks if we just wrote Vaseline on the lips, you know? I can't. I can't. So this is for Akasha. <laughs> now they just like blur out. Like you'll notice sometimes they'll like do some blurring on Rue's hairline, but they won't blur out anything else. And like, so when it switches from like Rue to Michelle, it's like a hard cut, you know? Oh, like Michelle always looks great, but it's like, oh, something's going on. <laughs> yeah. Michelle looks fantastic, especially in these most recent seasons. Oh my God, with like the white streak. Yeah. She looks, oh, incredible. But so they end up tying... And after winning, they find Chi-Chi in the stairs crying. And of course say, you know, that little Latin boy in drag is crying. And then (laughs) Vita goes, little Latin boy in drag, why are you crying? (laughs) That line kills me. (laughs) Classic, nothing like it. Amazing line reading. Like, thank you, Patrick. Like, truly amazing. Beautiful. It's it's perfect. Um, And of course, Vita talks to Chi Chi and Chi Chi's basically like, my life's a mess. I just want to be a beautiful drag queen. And like, yeah, she's like, I wish I was as beautiful as you. And they're like, oh, honey, good luck. (laughs) Pretty (laughs) much. Big gossip girl energy. And Chi Chi (laughs) is like, 
anytime I'm sad, people laugh at me and they cut to Noxima laughing at her while she's crying. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is good. This is amazing. This is good. Yeah. And and like they immediately are like, or Vita is immediately like, yeah, I okay, we should sell our plane tickets and like ride via bus to LA and take her with us so we can teach her about being a drag queen. Like that, like immediately is yeah, like, they're like doing okay, this. we gotta fix we gotta fix this one's life because uh she's a, she's a mess. <laughs> and of course Noxima is like, I don't know about that, but they end up doing it anyway. But the biggest thing was like, I'm not traveling by bus. <laughs> <laughs> refuses to travel this would be completely different if they travel by bus <laughs> I'm very much so <laughs> very different um and before they depart they end up cashing and their plane tickets with their friend John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt played by Robin Williams and uh, every time they reveal the name it like truly makes me laugh I, it's great and I mean Naomi Campbell pops up for a second and says I wish I was as beautiful as you to Noxima and Noxima goes you wish <laughs> really good that was a punch in the gut just to see young naomi oh oh not saying that Amazing. today's naomi is not absolutely breathtaking but but like yeah truly classic uh, like peak peak yeah. she was so beautiful like unbelievably beautiful and also it's just very funny because like wesley like this is the classic thing of like you can be a very handsome man but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a, a beautiful drag queen and wesley snipes definitely is that's a little bit of a brick of a face. I was going to sure. say, so she's a brick house. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Like, yeah. it, like the performance is so good, you forget about it. And you're like, I believe, yes, I believe Noxima is a pageant winner for sure. Like, oh, you know, yeah. question about it. And, she, and like, confidence is through the roof. Like, yes. Yes. You love the character anyway. It's great. And like, it's just so funny that she's, it, that's, that is Wesley Snipes a drag being like, you wish <laughs> to Naomi Campbell. I think it just makes it 10 times better. Fucking iconic. Um, Absolutely delicious. Yes. And, and they, like when they're, when they're sitting at the table, that is when they're talking to Robin Williams, but also at the same time, there is a picture of Julie Newmar on the wall that is addressed titular. to Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Which she has been like, who the fuck is too she okay i have to read that yeah, i have read to read it. that right now this is incredible several years after this film was released julie newmar attended a convention and not being used to the process proceeded to get drunk after being asked to sign a vhs copy of this movie the inebriated newmar remarked who the hell is wong fu and why should i be thanking him <laughs> i mean it's the question we've all been asking yes yes julie newmar yes <laughs> it's really incredible and may I also say that as they're looking at this photo and they're all just gushing about how beautiful she looks, I was completely under that spell as well. That photo is incredible. It's a great photo. Fucking great photo. Holy cannoli. Like, ugh, ugh. Beautiful. And like to the point where it's like, you understand why they're yeah like you understand yeah. why they're bewitched by it. You also understand like how reverent this movie is to her that she like, when she came to set for a few days was like okay i'll be in your movie like at the very end she just casually was like yeah, yeah. sure i'll do that like i think that adds a certain magic touch that she actually is there at the end it makes yes. it feel so much more fantastical in the best way possible 100 and you get it like and you understand why wong fu would keep this up on, up on his wall for some who could blame him who could blame him and he was a real man he was very much a real man um like he apparently um was also called fooey by his friends and oh. um, 
he was the head bartender at the China Bowl restaurant. It was on 152nd West 44th Street, East of Broadway and closed in 1993. The walls of the restaurant were covered with headshots of famous actors and actresses who had stopped by the place. So like you get, oh, you get that's where it comes from. The answer, you know, we've been finally, we can finally rest. We know <laughs> we don't have to go searching anymore. You know, we have all the answers in front of us. Um, yeah. Okay. So they, then- so John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt is like, I'll pay, here's some money for the car. And um, instead of getting a sensible car, they're like, no, let's get a Cadillac DeVille yep. convertible. Let's because do this style. thing. Style over substance. They literally look baby. at themselves like in a mirror and yeah. they're like, yes, this is the car. And the, the salesman is like, you should have gone with the Toyota Corolla. Like it'll be much better for cross country cross country of course they do i've done many of and you need a good car yeah and of course this comes back to bite them in the ass as we soon find out um and then you get some shots of them driving places you know over a bridge Uh, barbara streisand is playing it's great um scarves really fantastic yes yeah very fashionable very fun um patrick swayze in particular is wearing this like all white ensemble that's like very (laughs) fancy and i enjoy it it's great um and at one point they do make a detour to go into the town where where vita grew up um and of course you know she comes from money this whole thing and like they're all impressed by that but she says Vita gave all this up to be Vita. So the idea is like, she obviously was like, couldn't live the way that she does now in this city, in this town. And at one point they pass her old home and her mom comes out, sees her in the car in drag and like fully just like turns around immediately, goes back inside disgusted. And so this causes Vita to freak out. And then of course, conveniently rip the map in half. (laughs) I was like, don't you know that? cheating. (laughs) <laughs> like don't let the map go that seems important i don't know maps are cheating. and, and then like, it all made sense like yeah. maps are cheating and then i was like yeah they are yeah maps are, are cheating oh, i guess if you're going definitely on... uh won't come back to bite them in the ass later Not never no no god no 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 this is a classic case of broken map <laughs> a classic case of everything in this movie like coming back yes yeah, like the, the 3D printer in the Descendants 2. It's very that. Don't. Not Descendants 2. <laughs> do you know that I made? Shall we do it for the pod? So Vita tears up the map. She's like, where we're going, yeah. we don't need roads. We don't need roads, yeah. They're out They here. pull up to a hotel. I only mention this because it's a fun little thing. Oh, I love like the hotel. Up. They're freaking out. Chi-Chi is like getting out of the car because they get into like, I, I don't know what the, I can't remember what happens before this. I think they just have a long conversation about how like Chi Chi's in a drag queen. They're going to teach Chi Chi to be a drag yeah, queen. Yeah, she's a drag she's, princess. Well, because they call her like little Latin boy in a dress, of course. And then like, she's like, well, no, I, you know, uh, I want to be a drag queen, blah, blah, blah. The drag princess, they settle on that. She prefers the title of drag princess anyway, makes her a little fancy. Um, and then they pull up to a hotel for the night and like Chi-Chi's like getting out of the car to like run into the hotel and they're freaking out because they're like, we're fully in drag right now. Like we're going to get discriminated against or, you know, worse, you know, something could happen. And they're freaking out. They walk in after Chi-Chi and like the, the, the manager is like, hello, ladies. <laughs> right this way into the bar um, here all your, your people, people are there <laughs> it's really good and you're like oh there's like a drag i like, literally the first time you're watching you're like oh yeah a drag show and then it's just like 
a women's basketball team <laughs> because they because he fully thinks they're women. Yeah. He's like, they're just very tall. That's all. They're here for to and play basketball. Course, yeah. And they're like mingling with these women. Like it's a whole thing. And then like you get an incredible shot of Wesley Snipes playing basketball. <laughs> that is incredible. And I rewatched three times. It was hysterical. It That part made me guffaw. It's, I truly like the comedic timing, like just the cut to it is very funny. Like just the fact that they're cutting to this in the first place is incredible. The fact that, that, uh, Noxima has an entire basketball outfit, like you mentioned earlier, incredible. Just the on physical that. comedy of, of like Wesley Stubbs just dunking on these women. <laughs> <laughs> Especially great. with the knowledge of him being in white man can't jump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, that was already in my brain watching him dunk around and then to see him do it in drag. I was like, this is wow. sumptuous. This is absolutely scrumptious, sumptuous. I just, <laughs> I just, uh, an amazing moment in film. It's art, yeah. honestly. 100%. Honestly, Space Jam sequel should have just been like Wesley Snipes in drag playing basketball. I blocked um, out Space Jam sequel. No explanation. At There's least, no explanation at least give me a, a cameo <laughs> of him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like is what we do in the shadows cameo. <laughs> I gotta watch that. Oh my God, you will die. It's the best. It's the best. Um, But so after that point, you know, that's just like a little side thing before we get to like the main event here, right? So they end up traveling away, just kind of driving along as they see fit. They, of course, end up like on a dirt road, basically. And they get pulled over by a cop. And of course, this cop played by Chris Penn, uh, brother of Sean Penn. um, He is a sheriff. No way. Yeah. Well, there goes Reservoir Dogs, like been at a ton of stuff. Um, there goes my wit. <laughs> but and, and he has passed since. Um, he died like in 2000 ooh, or something, like four, 2006. So it's been a little bit. But um, but he, of course, like pulls them over, immediately launches into slurs because, of course. Of course. Um, and basically it's like, you know, why is a pretty, you know, white woman like you traveling with, you know, of course, like a black woman and a Latina woman. Right. And of course he doesn't perceive them as drag queens in this moment. Once again, plot convenience and basically pulls Vita out. Vita's freaking out. Cause it's like my license plate says Eugene we're in drag. And he tries to kiss and sexually assault her. She ends up knocking him out. Not before he's like, this is a drag queen or whatever. And they are fully like, this man is dead. Like she has killed they, this man. I'm like, when you're this first watching dead. it, you're like, is this a movie about three drag queens killing a man? No, Patrick Swayze said, away. fuck 12. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately it's not. I would watch that though. <laughs> and like, my favorite is Gigi being like, I think he's deceased. <laughs> <laughs> An incredible a lot of good delivery. mispronouncing words it's really good yeah an incredible line delivery um and just like they're fully freaking out i love that they're also like Chi is the expert because she's knocked out men before you know in her line of like sex work she like fully is used to this so she's like checking his pulse and is like yep this man is definitely dead <laughs> in my expert opinion and of course like as they're freaking out they leave behind a white shoe very cinderella very cinderella as to the fairy tale. the only difference is that like instead of being pursued by a prince they're being pursued by an absolute nightmare of a human being yep. um and you know for a while this whole entire subplot is kind of forgotten right um but their car ends up being broken down pretty quickly after this point 
Um, and she gone with the Toyota Corolla. Exactly. Oh. But Chi Chi's like, you know what? I'm going to show a little leg and I'm going to get us a ride. And they end up getting a ride from Bobby Ray, played by Jason London, a very handsome man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, cute, like 90s boy. Yeah. Like, He's a very, boy, like, cute kind of 90s country boy. Yeah. All the young men in, in this film are styled to look like what gay men like think that hot country boys look like. You yeah. Know, it makes sense. That. <laughs> like they're like, sty- like they're styled in such a way. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but I'm, I get it. No, I, I, I understand. No, that I, makes like, I can see total what you mean. sense. Yeah. My interest was peaked. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Vartan, like you're looking great. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but like, once they're in Snydersville, they end up meeting Carol Ann, played by Sarker Channing, icon legend, et cetera, et cetera. Um, wonderful. I, and her husband, queen. Yep. Her, her husband, Virgil, who's played by Arliss Howard. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> because he was in Mank. If you remember correctly. Booked and blessed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and of course, um, she owns a bed and breakfast. And he's the mechanic and he's like, listen, I can fix this in five minutes, but like you need a part and that part won't come in until Monday. So you're stuck here. So they're like freaking out because they have places to be, right? They got things and to do. They got to go to the all-American drag competition. Yep. The drag queen of the year pageant yeah. in LA, right? And you have to drive across the whole country. Yeah. Like they're only in to Nebraska. Teach, teach you to be a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And things to do. like- and like they go into the air, not the Airbnb. <laughs> the brain is rotted, but they did fully rotted. <laughs> they go into the B and B, and like first of all, it's the presidential suite. They're like, "Can we get anything bigger?" Sucker Channing's like, "This is the presidential suite," and Chichi replies, "Must have been one of the bad presidents," which is a fucking great line. It's so good. There's also the line about overhead lighting. Yeah. Overhead lighting, very much not a drag queen's friend. Like that's oh. the vibe. We've all been there. Um, and, <laughs> and like, just in general, like the townspeople end up being mystified by them. They're very sort of intrigued to who are these newcomers, who are these yeah, women, it's a small like, what's town, going on. There's these new people in there who wouldn't be. Yeah, they're all staring at them. Right. And um, this is when we get the Wonder Woman sequence where they're like throwing uh, fabric There's a at the bewitched wall, moment. It is high fantasy, full camp. Yep. Fully decorating the room. Dragging and, the presidential suite. Yes. And people are watching and they're like, what is going on? This is incredible. Who are these women? I would like to God, shout their out. powers. I would like to shout out Marceline Hugo, um, who is oh, in icon. The Leftovers. Gladys and The Leftovers, a fucking icon of my life personally. Um, she is a perfect human being and so fucking funny. And I just, I, I hadn't seen this movie since like I watched the leftovers when I first saw this movie like three years ago but like I wasn't like into the leftovers like I'm into the leftovers and I was like which one is she Gladys she's the one that dies that gets stoned no I mean oh she's just one of the like women in the town she there's Beth Grant yes who has the dark hair and then there's like the the curly headed the curly haired redheaded one is the mom from uh Christmas story uh Melinda Dillon and then she's the other one she plays she plays Kathy Geis in 30 Rock she's a mean lady in Tim Burton movies too I think so yeah that seems right to me that seems right 
I, I mean, she I truly be. only know her from like the leftovers and 30 rock. Um, okay. Kathy guys, Kathy guys herself. And that one episode of Lord George Lucas talk show. The George Luc- that's she's fucking incredible on George Lucas talk show. That was one of a the delightful person, like a fully delightful person. The, the Harrison Ford marathon episode. That it was, was fucking great. If you, if you don't great know what the George time. Lucas talk show is, just Google it. A great time. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, so like, and at this point as well, Sheriff Dollar ends up being awoken and he's saved by the other policemen in town. But then when he's interviewed, he's like, like, yeah, it, it was like a man in a dress that like beat me up and they laughed like there's three of them and they're all laughing they're like you got beat up by a woman like they do not believe him once again they don't believe that they're drag queens in this town they don't understand that um and so he like leaves in search for them we don't really see him for a while but he does have a moment which i'll just mention now because it's kind of interspersed in the middle of of, like the makeover stuff where he has the places for homos list (laughs) where he's going to look for for the drag queen number one flower shops two (laughs) ballet schools Three flight attendant lounges, four restaurants for brunch, and five antique stores. Look, in 1995, this was saying brunch is gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Officer Dollar did amazing research when he compiled that list. It was completely accurate. There was no lies. And if if his colleagues saw the work that he did when he made the list, they wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it's incredible incredible. it's like honestly this is like his kill bill list it's like (laughs) he's like crossing it off ah no (laughs) oren ishii is like flight attendant lounges you know (laughs) oh man i fully laughed out a lot of that and i had to pause it to write those down because i I was like oh this is incredible yeah um and like, of course, you see him at various times, like in those kind of like, like you see him in the ballet school at one point, even like yeah, he goes, he, his he goes to every place on this list. He's like stopping women in cars. It's a whole yeah. thing. And I'm like, there's 50 people in this town, maybe. And I'm, I'm like, like, how is that hard to yeah. find these three newcomers who don't look like anybody else that's already at the town? Yes. <laughs> and he got a clear look at them, so he knows what they look like. Like, come on, I know. Um, and. At this point, like Chi Chi is harassed by the Roughnecks. Um, they're like, they come in and out of this movie as well. Um, but she's saved by Bobby Ray, which starts off their little romantic subplot, which, you know, is very sweet, but also kind of sad. Cause I, I kind of wish that they would have gone for it, but I kind of understand why they like, they're like, we're already putting these like three actors in yeah. drag. Like this is too much, this is gonna be too much for the audience. So they kind of like pulled back from it. But like from a current perspective, I'm like, oh, they could have fully just like gone for it. You know. That was the kindest way they could have went about that because, yeah. I mean, as the viewer, I am cheering for Chi-Chi and yes. the hot country boy to get together. And was I meant to feel happy when Chi-Chi relinquished her love to Miss Bobby Joe? Because I didn't feel good. I was like, you should no. have done that. <laughs> yeah, she deserved that. You know, I she love said- Miss Bobby Joe. Miss Bobby Joe was very- She said, country I boy, I love you. I- <laughs> by the way that girl got a country boy good for her she's like on tiktok tiktok now she's fully on tiktok with a country boy where's my country boy (laughs) i'm so sorry jacob you gotta post you gotta post on tiktok country boy i love you you'll find one eventually (laughs) i'll I'll give it a go (laughs) good for her good for her 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, no, and it's, it's so sweet because he like immediately, like, first of all, he changes the sign that says love that Coke. Like it's a Coca-Cola advertisement to love that Chi-Chi, which makes her emotional. And then he's like, Miss Chi-Chi, if you were my girl, you'd never cry for anything except for maybe from happiness. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is obviously a fantasy. Would yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. No men would ever say that. What a lovely man. Like how perfect is he? Oh my goodness. And like, it's just so delightful. And, and that's why it hurts when it's like, well, I guess, I guess Bobby Lee can have him fine, whatever. He wasn't gonna leave the town anyway, right? But like there would I would have loved to have seen him like go to like the final drag pageant and like see Shady Brown. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yes. That would have been a great ending too. I mean, the only reason why I'm like pro remake is is for that <laughs> and that alone. We'll do we'll do our extended cut. Yeah, there you go. So then like Vita, Vita has her own thing going on. Like the, the three of them have their own kind of thing going on. But like Vita's thing is that like she's spending time with Carol Ann and Vita notices that she's like, she's got bruises on her and that like she's freaking out whenever she tries to like Cook, add spices yeah. to the stew. She can't because have any spices. He won't eat it. Because Virgil doesn't like spice. He won't eat it. He gets very mad. And so this is when we realize like, oh, she's being physically and verbally abused by Virgil. The relationship yeah. is very Virgil bad. fuck off. No good. Yeah, he's a horrible person. Um, and then also at the same time, she's talking to Bobby Lee, who like is like this young girl in town that's like dazzled by Vita. And she's like, Bobby Ray told me what you really are. You're a career girl. I an iconic. And you know what career girls want? <laughs> Careers. Careers. That's exactly. amazing. That was another amazing line delivery from Patrick Swayze. Yes. A beautiful and like Vita's like yes like you can you could be anything you want like kind of gives like that kind of a speech and she's like well I just really want to talk to a boy that I like you know she's yeah, like oh she we're needs, starting there she just needs advice <laughs> she's like I just want to start small and then work my way up to being a career girl like that's the entire the entire thing and of course this comes back later this is also a 3d printer um I feel like we should start calling things that are planted like this a 3D printer. Yeah, I it's no longer a Chekhov's gun. It's a 3D printer. It's just a 3D printer. <laughs> it's like the thing. But, and then like Noxima's whole thing is her talking to, to Clara, who's like kind of like the old woman in town who's who seems to be mute. Um, and she just like doesn't talk. She kind of shuffles around. like, And she's carrying around a folder of like old Hollywood, you know, like stars like pictures of old hollywood stars it's really incredible. i don't know who was in the picture that she dropped it looked like bobby darren to me that's what i thought it was bobby different. darren okay i wanted to see if there was like trivia but they did not give me an answer I the know. only reason why i recognize bobby darren is because i watched uh too late blues semi-recently so like his face is fresh in my mind um but yeah it's so like she drops the picture noxima is like wait you know come back i got your picture and she's just like a shuffling along like, away from her like very funny watching noxima chase after miss mama that was like that is one of my favorite images yes. from cinema like this like, theatrical like, like, shuffling, like it's the fast. one perfect shot twitter it's that ankle length orange like yeah everything about it it's it's imprinted yeah. on my soul like jacob did to renesme <laughs> no. that's neither here nor there oh my god you named my daughter after the Loch Ness monster i can't <laughs> I, I, I rebuke this i rebuke this <laughs> so like 
Maxima goes with Clara. She like sits down next to her. She gives her back the picture. She starts talking just because she's like, well, she's not going to say anything back. So I can just talk all I want. She starts talking about how her dream is to like go to Hollywood and be scouted to play Dorothy Dandridge and like the Dorothy Dandridge like biopic. Like that's her whole dream. And then she starts going on about like all the movies she was in and, and starts naming them off. But as she's messing up, Clara starts chiming in. And it's, of course, it's a classic thing of like, she keeps talking because she doesn't realize that she like spoke. Like it doesn't register in her brain. And then it's like, oh, okay like so she is speaking like she she's yeah. speaking to me okay and they both connect on dorothy dandridge and like it. old hollywood her house is full of old hollywood stuff like that's the thing that she loves more than anything and the two of them just have like a cute little friendship the two of them just hang out like that's their storyline you know it's, it's very great. cute um I, and i love it so much um and then we also learn about the strawberry social, which the women in town are all planning, which is just this, it's like this sad little affair where they all bake strawberry pies and so then they bring weird. them into town and like they award one like best pie or whatever. And then they go home. Like they don't like dance or anything. There's it's, nothing exciting going weird. on. I've and been, of course. I've been to a handful of such events in my life and um, <laughs> I love them. The, the part they left out was when your dad gets drunk. <laughs> Yeah, they love that. I just filled it in. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, it, it, I, I, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, no, like, and of course, Vita is like in true Vita fashion because like her whole entire thing is that like she has to have control over everything. Like she has yes. to make over people. She has to. She's like, in charge of the makeovers. She is yeah. realizing that Caroline is getting abused, and she is like. No, I'm gonna take care We're of this. We're gonna fix this. Let um, me step in. She beats mm-hmm. Virgil's ass iconically. What? The line Vita yeah. works out. Incredible. Also great because, like, you fully think this is the moment, like, they're gonna accidentally tell, but it's yes. yeah, no, it's it's Vita works out. Like, it's like Vita works out. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen this but- movie at least three to four times. And I still, my breath, it's be still my incredible. breath. I was, yeah. is she going to say it? And that's just a testament to this how incredible feels, it is. Yeah, fresh every time you watch it. Yes. It does not get old. Yeah, it's, it's a genuinely tense moment because you don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know if he's going to retaliate violently or what. Um, but also around this time as well, you know, because they do make over the woman, which is a very fun little scene. Love it. Very um, cute. That's very cute. Even they even make over the little shop boy. It's really fun. Oh, I love the little shop boy. Yeah. Incredible. And like they put him in like little, like a little 70s outfit. Yeah. And then like, and then like they confront the roughnecks and like she fully, like Noxima fully just like digs her nails into his crotch and pulls him away and is like, get over here, little boy, Amazing. you know, basically. And just like tells him off. It's incredible. Bobby Ray comes like before we get like the whole Carol Ann thing yes. with Virgil, like comes and is like, I want to ask one, you know, one specific girl to the dance. And you don't know if it's going to be Bobby Lee. You don't know if it's going to be Chi Chi yeah. because clearly they've been telegraphing that like There's Bobby like, Lee likes Bobby uh, Ray. That's kind of the moment. Love and, triangle is the word I was And like Chi Chi, yeah. of course, looks angelic in a little white baby doll dress. Obsessed You're like, how life. could it not be Chi Chi? Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Falling off her shoulders, just like, it's, oh, I'm in the She's soul. beautiful. Like, mm. Yeah. And she's just like lounging. Yeah. Right? Mm, Aspirational, <laughs> honestly. John Leguizamo was feeling his entire fantasy in that moment. He fully was like. This. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> he was into it. Felt. It's incredible. And like. 
Vita's like, no, Gigi, you can't, you cannot go out with Bobby Ray because you haven't told him the truth. And of course they have that whole exchange about like, like, <laughs> it's like about the, like, what is it like if, if someone sh- like took, kept something from you, like, could you forgive them kind of a thing? Like they have that whole exchange between the two of them at some point, um, which kind of convinces Chi-Chi to not go for it. But also like Bobby Lee clearly likes him and obviously she would have a better chance with Bobby Ray anyway, because, you know, she's yeah. like actually a woman and that's like the whole thing. That's the implication. They get into an argument and Chi-Chi accuses Vito of being selfish, going into people's lives and forcing them to change. And that's like a whole thing. Um, and like the reason why you do drag is because you weren't man enough. You had to put on a dress. Like it's like a whole thing. It's a lot. Yeah. And of course, at the same time, that's when like Carol Ann is like fully being abused by Virgil. Like, and they're having a whole debate of like, do we intervene? Do we not? Like, yeah. you know, do we stay out of these people's businesses? Plus it's like, you know, if we get involved, are we going to get hurt? Like that's kind of like yeah. the whole thing that's There's happening. Like a lot at stake. A lot at stake for sure. And they're already wanted, you know, it's like not a great situation. Are, yeah. So at the same time, Sheriff Dillard is still <laughs> out here letters. trying to find them with yeah. the Cinderella and, shoe going. Yeah, fully. And like the whole thing okay. too with like Vita is that like her entire thing, like with the control thing also just comes from a place of like, I think just like not having control over her life previously, the trauma she experienced, yeah. like that is the reason why she's like, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to fix yeah. things for you. I'm going to make it right. She mothers them. Because I couldn't do that for myself yep. initially. I didn't have anywhere there to do it for me. So that's kind of where it comes from. Um, I like that that's kind of implied, you know, pretty much. Because it's also interesting because when you watch her being helpful, like your reaction as a viewer is like, oh, how nice of her. But it's also like, she doesn't really stop to say like, oh, can I help you? She just is like, we're doing this. I'm going to make yeah. over the town. We're going to do this, that, the other thing. And like, everybody just kind of has to like either get on or get off. Right. Like that's the thing. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah. So then like, obviously Virgil gets kicked out. They all sit down and have a conversation. That does not age um, well. They're hanging out with that, that conversation that does not age does not well. Because well. they say that Carol Mel is- Gibson is like one of the good men. They have like three good men and two of them have aged well, Keanu Reeves and Mr. Rogers, but Mel Gibson definitely is not aged well. Mel Gibson, oh my gosh. Somebody looks so visibly, oh, I shouldn't say this, looks so visibly like an alcoholic. Like that person swollen and red and mean, mean. Very mean. mean. Did not, it did not age well. He's a horrible person. He just fully like, no. Yeah. Does he even have a pert ass as she made mention? I I don't know. I, I, I was looked. like trying to looked. remember when I was watching Mad Max if he does, and I couldn't recall. It's just a butt. Yeah. You know, it's it's like I do. It's just a butt. It's just not a butt, man. Like I feel like I would have remembered it if it were like a fantastic ass. Like that's the thing. Right. Exactly. You know. Like people swear up and down oftentimes. You're like, look at this man's ass. Look at this man's lips. And then that's like the thinnest line you've ever seen in your entire life. Like it just, it doesn't work. Like, or they got Hank Hill booty, like fully just like Hank Hill pancakes, right? Like, yeah. Hank Hill is almost my like most ideal man. So I I, I can't talk. <laughs> right. Um, I tell you what. <laughs> and- I tell you what country boy i love and at this point at at this point caroline is like well i can repair the car like i can do it like stockard is a queen she's out why didn't she do this before i i she was too scared of virgil 
Now she's yep. free to be a mechanic. And the that is a fair point. I completely yeah. forgot about that in the midst of And all the this. girls are like, but we'll stay for the strawberry social. Um, I want to reflect on when after Patrick Swayze, Miss Vita Bohem whoops Virgil's ass and they're all enjoying white wine around the kitchen table. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very um it felt like a warm hug. Yes, I love yeah. it. I, very I love that. I would like to go there. I, I, would, I would like, like a nice that. sitcom with them, you know? Honestly, yeah. Um, I will perform necromancy if I have to. <laughs> Rip Patrick Swayze. Thing. I never thought I was gonna hear the hear the word necromancy today, but I did. Here we are. <laughs> for it. I'm prepared. I will learn. <laughs> and then I but, uh, um it's just like there's some parts of this movie that are just like it's just like little tiny things that just don't age well. And you're like, these are the things I would tweak if I were to remake this. Yeah. And that's the thing is that this movie, could, I mean, you could feasibly remake this and pretty much get act some of that out. And it would probably be perfectly fine. I yeah, don't think totally like none of it's really necessary. so little that needs to be changed yeah. that. You and know, it's all it really well. small, like not necessary to the plot things. And Almost yeah. at the word level. Yeah. hundred percent. Pretty much. Yeah. And, um, and like, they end up like Virgil and Sheriff Dullard end up meeting in a bar and they like talk about what happened to Sheriff Dullard and they realize like they connect the dots like oh the three drag queens that are living in my Airbnb right now are also the three drag queens that like (laughs) beat you up and left you for dead. (laughs) But not before Sheriff Dullard is doing a soliloquy at the bar (laughs) and he's like it's a play. And with big old masculine arms with with a cologne and they're holding each other i'm like okay i don't appreciate this trope of you know anyone any man who is homophobic secretly wants to yeah there's like some gay undertones yeah but yeah a lot of the times that is tea that moment made me laugh because a soliloquy in any shape form or fashion in this film is over the top (laughs) <laughs> and it, that's a that's a hard top to go over yeah <laughs> it's uh, true. you got me but... <laughs> i got you <laughs> I, I i'm at any rate so yeah no i um, go back to town i, I have to oh i was oh, just saying i have to prefer the it's always sunny in philadelphia like they accidentally like yeah bump into gay without realizing it like when they like they do the whole thing where they're trying to find like male friends to hang out with so they like make this flyer that's supposed to be a muscular arm but it just fully looks like a dick yeah <laughs> and they're like they're like confused as to why guys don't want to hang out like straight men don't yeah. hang out with them yes <laughs> anyway so they they go back to town the sheriff is like time to turn these people over and then it kind of gets into a we're in a old western movie <laughs> briefly <laughs> yes. really like five right. seconds we're all of a sudden Western. we're in shane <laughs> and it's um we got this really like wholesome moment where all of the townspeople who now love these three characters who gave them makeovers and a new lease on life like are like no we're, we're protecting these three people yeah. like bye like Stargard Channing comes yeah. out fully like in like the red outfit. You think it's supposed to be Vita. Unbelievable. Like you're fully ready for the conversation. What an unbelievable look. Meanwhile, they're all hiding in the room in the best way possible. Like like the fact that like Noxima's under the bed with like yes. the wig just hanging out to look the, like there's just like an errant wig on the rug. The, I cry. 
but like Chi Chi's like hanging on the door and then like Vita's like behind like basically like a, a wall of fabric holding like a lamp. It, it gives me big toddlers playing hide and go seek energy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's great. Not but they all drive him out in the most Yeah, like they drive him out in the most like iconic way how do i put this like yeah like like uh, in a very sort of like this would never happen in real oh, life no, but in a way but like and he's like, like saying shit about the like the declaration tale. of independence and there's that one guy that goes like you know what they all have in common fabulous wigs oh god <laughs> i'm still stuck on toddlers playing hide and seek <laughs> that really that really struck my funny i mean it's accurate yeah. it is accurate yeah. I'm, I'm um, you were correct <laughs> Uh, and like <laughs> but yeah like at that point they have the strawberry social it's a hit they're and laughing they all say goodbye they're playing to the, music the townspeople. they're dancing yeah. it's a they're drag game. queen they're saying i yeah. am a drag queen even the, the six men yeah the man who's owning the diner who yeah. i love by the way i love him yeah um, yes. he's like i'm a drag queen what are you gonna do about it baby yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's Amazing. so good and um, um yeah like they're all like leaving and it's very much like a end of like high school summer like going off to college moment <laughs> and like Vita gives yeah. Carol Ann the Julie Newmar picture uh, yep it's really cute I think it would have been funny if Carol Ann went who's too on <laughs> or who went or who is Wong Fu yeah. not too on yeah. which is what we were all a little bit wondering who is Wong Fu? yeah who is Wong Fu but no, she says, I don't think of you as a man or a woman. I think of you as an angel, which is also an interesting line. Um, but like, yeah. but also a very sweet moment. The like head scratcher and there. thinker. Yeah, put, it's like, yeah, it's like wholesome it. energy that you're like, okay, this is good intention. Wrong delivery. Yeah. Wrong delivery a little bit there, but it's fine. It's fine. It's the sentiment is sweet. Yeah. And then not only that, like she says, like, I love you, Miss Vito Boehm. And she replies, I have waited my whole life to hear those words said to that name, which is a very sweet, really sweet moment. My eyes a were a little bit sweaty. My eyes were a little yeah. bit sweaty when she said that. Yeah. Yeah. And to think like, yeah, like everybody around her who does drag, obviously like, you know, they know her as yeah. Vita, that's whatever. But like, just like a genuine connection with someone outside of the world of drag to like recognize her as like a drag performer and, and to love her for that reason like that yeah and that's like a very emotional yeah thing it makes sense why it's like such a big thing for her it's it's very sweet especially because she never got the validation she needed from her parents it's true and then and they- her mission is to give that to other people yeah so yeah. like i've i've done that somebody recognizes it when they're complimenting me for it i was like yes. okay you got me gals this exactly is, i love I'm it it and yes exactly. they go to la Chi Chi wins Drag Queen of the Year, presented by Julie Newmar. Presented by Steve Harvey, because he <laughs> the wrong name was said at that at, at that pageant. But um, like, are we supposed movie, to? Like, I is love this, it for the movie. This, yeah, I can't remember. Is this the next year's pageant, or is it just like I? I can't, it's not the. It's I can never the tell. Is it? I think that they take the the next flight out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, I feel like it has to be like has next to be year in the future. because there's no fucking way she, she didn't immediately qualify. like qualify. No, she didn't qualify, and not only that, like <laughs> she randomly has like this fabulous drag that she like 
has. Just magically it has, has it. Like, yeah. it has to be a time job. It has to be a time Like the kind of like the kind of expensive like pageant drag that you like have to save up. Not a prom for. dress from Deb. No, uh, very bad. You know, <laughs> not that at all. Shout out to Deb again. Deb is getting a lot of um, advertisements in this podcast. <laughs> wow, even the British pronunciation. <laughs> I only say advertisements. It be, it, it's like a terrible, terrible gay thing that I'm afflicted with. um yeah that's this movie and i just i i always say this but like i really love this movie i don't know it brings me a lot of joy it's just like really a comforting watch yeah it's really rare where i walk away from a movie regardless of when it was made where i feel like um optimistic yeah (laughs) yeah i feel like um there's like a warmth yeah, every time I watch the movie, I, there's a warmth and there's a sense of hope and there's a sense of like, there's something that I can do today to make something better for somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, man, this movie's always getting me in my emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling our oats, just yeah. <laughs> emotional oats. The oats are emotional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. I mean, the entire movie just basically is about like having empathy and and caring for other people and and um and and not having judgment and and you know for people who maybe aren't exactly like you and and building community and finding a family like it's it's very all that and i i really love just how sweet it is you know mm-hmm. its intentions are always in the right place even if sometimes the executions a little yeah. off you know it always it's, it's, well it's hard is always in the right place yeah it's very well yeah. intentioned there's not a mean bone in this movie's body it truly just is like it has such a love for the community it has such love for drag um the way that they i mean to begin with like the way that they like fully just commit to these performances there's such care there you know there's just every single piece of it it's just it it feels so genuine it feels so loving um, and caring and it's just a very positive force for that reason um, which makes it even kind of wilder that like they were like this is a miserable experience to shoot this movie because it took four months it was a remote yeah. location and not only that they're like all of these costs which I get it I mean you hear about it on Drag Race all the time they talk about because they're not just doing regular drag where it already is like it takes a toll on your body to wear corsets and hip pads yeah. and, and all of these things constantly but but also to like being dragged for a long time on a hot summer day yeah like I can't even imagine just how exhausting that is on a regular basis to the point where they're like we fully burned like costumes and wigs at the end of the shoot because we were so done kind of iconic imagine if that was our jobs run me my check I'll get up in the hot ass outfit I'll sweat yeah. and burn the wig at the. Oh, I'm a. I'll, I'm not shedding it right here. here. Yeah. I am a baby. I would complain every minute. I'm not yeah. even gonna front. I'm not gonna pretend. I used I to work in a that. call center. <laughs> used to so, work at the Village Apothecary. That's different, though. That was very easy going, man. That was very easy going. Do Do we have anything else to say about this movie? I do. Um, at the end of my notes that I t- my notes that I took, <laughs> I have a very uniquely scribbled ending credits song i don't know what the hell i was talking about but maybe well they, i mean the first song that they play is girls just want to have fun yeah. but it's like a, a weird kind of like oh that's mix. okay yeah. Yeah. yeah what was that um, i don't, I don't know, know what it is Jacob. that is genre oh. twist 2020 that's genre, the genre twist eurovision drinking game aspect oh god 
this sky home run. It is the Eurovision drinking game rule of when the genre twist kicks in. And then Cindy Lauper is an amazing vocalist, but she needs to, with all of that, that was not at all okay. Thank you, so like, it's like <laughs> the song itself, like the original song is so 80s. So and and like kind of dabbling in like reggae and yes. like things like that. Or it's very 90s. So hundred percent. It was like, oh, I'm gonna update it for now. Yeah. And it was very like, yeah, let's do reggae. <laughs> Truly something. Or as Ramona Singer once said, reggae. She like couldn't <laughs> pronounce reggae. No. Ramona Singer electric chair <laughs> like the the jury has spoken and okay a nightmare a nightmare you know what i think that sounds like you don't support other women <laughs> damn it okay um i only support other women when it's turtle time and i think it is a little bit i've been having turtle time a little bit um <laughs> This week for what the plot, Jacob is gonna guess Cleo from five to seven. Okay. Cle- say it again. Cleo from five to seven. Cleo from five to seven. Cleo from five to seven is a movie about a young woman who is a person and she is currently working. She she is a hostess at Red Lobster from five to seven. And it is like, what's that one movie with Million Um, Are you thinking of Inception? A lot of them. Three days and two nights. Oh, yeah, that was Everybody <laughs> that at the Red called? Lobster to agree not to hire her. <laughs> Even though from five to seven, she works at Red Lobster. So print that. It's just that she works in the Red Lobster. That's the entire movie. <laughs> no conflict? Did, oh, are people running out of cheddar no, pay biscuits? The conf- <laughs> <laughs> no, the conflict is there is an inciting incident at the Red Lobster between the hours of five to seven. And the employees <laughs> and management have to figure out if Miss Cleo is going to be terminated or not. Okay. Um... So, so the now. real the real movie is Cleo is waiting to find out the results of if she has cancer or not, goes to a tarot reading. She gets the hanged man. She gets the death card. She's like, holy shit, I think I'm going to die. She's a pop singer in France. Like she's like a, you know, she's like a singer. Um, this is in the 60s. It's Agnes Varda. Um, so she goes to all of her friends and is like, I'm going to kill myself if I have cancer. She's like going to all her friends. She is like outside. She hears one of her songs playing and there's like the Algerian war is happening. Right. This is, I'm doing a very quick summary, but basically at the end, she like meets this soldier in the park and he's like, life sucks, but like, you just gotta go on. Okay. If I if I had half a brain, I would have I would have known that because from the hours of five to seven, there's only so much you can do in that two hour time period. The name Cleo would have let me know that it was French. Well, there are, I mean there are Cleo. I mean Cleo. Neve. Cleo. No. Neve from Neve from Catfish there. named his daughter Cleo. So I mean Americans also named their children Cleo. Cleo is not, not invited Neve to the pool party. Emma, no, you can't come to my pool party. 
I'm crying. Uh, <laughs> um, but Jacob, you know, you did a great job. I love your movie about Red Lobster. It was incredible. Um, I also, I also just want to say, I think what would have been really great is if Beyonce made a cameo, because you know, when he fucks me good, he takes an ass to Red Lobster. I was just reminded of the 10 second clip that Beyonce sent in to the University of Michigan football team where she's like hi everybody hi. it's Beyonce and I just wanted yeah. to say go blue go blue when Beyonce said go <laughs> blue at a fucking Notre Dame game in 2011 the first oh night game ever at the big house the whole oh my god <laughs> is that why wait when I'm was not- Blue Ivy born when was Blue Ivy born Grammy winner Blue Ivy Yes, when was she born? Hold on, I gotta look this up. Hold on. We're gonna find out. <sighs> Blue Ivy Carter. Do you remember? She was born 2012. What if she was inspired by that game to name her Blue? Go, Go Blue. Blue, baby. Go Blue. Bleed, um, bleed, maize and blue. Yes. Um, Jacob, would you like to plug anything? Your I would podcast. Love to. Yeah. I'm so glad to be given the opportunity to plug something. Um, at Ann Arbor District Library, we've been working on a podcast called The Gayest Generation, in which we speak to LGBTQ older adults about their lives and experiences, not only as a pleasurable listening experience, but mostly so we have an archive of these people's experiences. So in 40 years from now, somebody can look back and see what was happening with homosexuals in 1960. So if you want to check that out, you can check it out on any listening platform um the gayest generation new episodes will be coming out for pride month and um yeah i hope you guys take a listen um and that's my plug beautiful thank you so much the podcast is amazing jacob is amazing and he's so smart and talented and i love him so much Um, (laughs) thank you as far as our podcast goes, you can find us on Twitter at Blessed Pick and on Instagram at Blessed.Picture. Please feel free to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. And you can get us anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Podcast, Overcast. Recommend us to your friends and, you know, believe in yourself, imagine good things and moisturize, as Vita Boem once said. Oh, 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 oh.